Well, Bob Bradley is in as Toronto FC head coach and sporting director. We have a number of Toronto FC players potentially on their way out. We have a Canadian Premier League final to tee up. And a lot more on this jam-packed edition of Wake in the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. My name is Michael Singh, and I am pleasured to be joined, of course, by the one and only Jeffrey P. Nesker, and by our honorary host today, Mike Newell, who is filling in for Mitchell Tierney. Um, Mitch is just on the IR for a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know, we got a better-looking Mitch right below me. Mike, how you doing? Mike's going to be taking over the reins as host this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and and thanks for trusting me with the show. I do not have as <laughs> nice a bookshelf as uh, Mitchell Tierney. I just have blank spare bedroom space. Um, but uh, looking forward to it, guys. Uh, it's been uh, it, it's it's obviously a pleasure to host the show and be on with you guys. Uh, what a week to be hosting! Uh, news, news, news all over the place, um, which is crazy. And you mentioned off the top, you know, Michael, you know, Bob Bradley coming in to be manager of Toronto FC, the worst kept secret in, <laughs> I think, secret. in, in football. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, this is something that a lot of us have been calling for in the community um, and, and something that we, I think we desperately need, uh, you know, in terms of a, a manager, but Michael, obviously you were in the press conference. I heard your, your lovely, uh, your lovely questions there, but um, maybe w- what were your first impressions of Bob and obviously Jeff jump in as well. What were your first impressions of the man? Diving right into it, I love it. Yeah, um, love it. Well, what I will say about about Bob is he's a very stoic uh, individual. It seems like uh, he's someone who I believe this team desperately needed. And as Bill Manning kind of touched on, is this team lost its culture, lost its sort of identity along the way. And Bob Bradley's someone who can kind of reinstill that culture, reinstill that that rigorousness that you need in, in, a, in a sports organization. You need everybody to be bought in. And if you're not, you need someone who can hold you accountable. Now, we, we used to talk about a lot of times about this this Toronto FC team and the personalities that it had in the dressing room and and whether or not the manager will be able to handle that. Well, I think we got that answer this year. Yep. Is, you know, Chris Armas, I, don't, I mean, he, he definitely was not able to handle all the personalities within the Toronto FC dressing room. And then Javier Perez, while you know he did an admirable job in the position that he was put in, I don't think he was that guy either that can really step up and kind of de- define the culture and define, set the tempo of, of what the dressing room should be and how everyone should be bought in, as I mentioned, you know, not only in games and, and doing their respective jobs, but I think it starts really at, at the training ground and all the, the rigorous preparations before you even get to the training ground. You know, we've... Heard a lot of uh, about some some big personalities on the team that were setting the tempo in the wrong regard, and that perhaps rubbed off on a few other players, right? And you know, when you have a few bad apples within the bunch, potentially that that creates that ripple effect. And I think Bob yep. Bradley's kind of here, brought in to sort of reset that and get TFC back to what it was, and that was under Greg Vanny, where it was uh, a very, as I mentioned, like very rigorous place. Let me correct you because you said back to where it was. And I think one of the one of the interesting statements in a day of unbelievably fascinating statements was when Bob said, we're never getting back to where we were because that's an unachievable goal. We need to get back to the top, but that's going to look very different than 2017 TFC, which I thought was really eloquently expressed. 
a, a really eloquent way to break all of our hearts, <laughs> basically. But but you know, um, what a day, what a day. I I don't want to I don't want to bury the lead here because I I thought Bill Manning's end of season post mortem was unbelievable. I mean, for the the level of accountability that he was willing to absorb and it wasn't a hundred percent because of course it's never going to be a hundred percent and i don't want the 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 president of the club getting up there and, and you know throwing his hands aloft and being like we screwed up like you know what i mean like it was it was delivered in a, with, with a certain yeah. with a certain panache but but um just the accountability i thought was was really great and i know that some people disagree with me entirely and think that that was in, that was like a exercise in corporate uh, 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 blame washing, but but I didn't I didn't see it, and I did not register it that way. He did not have to be that blunt. You asked me last week, Jeff, about whether mm -hmm. or not you believe we're going to get anything further um, from that the end of season press conferences, and that was my response to you because we've seen it a mm -hmm. hundred times from Bill Man Ben Bill Manning. He is a, a masterclass when it comes to to speaking to media um, because he does give you that that balance where it's. Yep. Yeah, sure. Let me pull the curtain a little bit back, but also at the same time, he's also saying all the right things you kind of want to hear. Of course, um, he, he's very well versed when it comes to speaking to media, but he's also very personable, and I think that's what kind of shown through um, in his end of season was that, yeah, as you say, Jeff, he he's willing to to be honest with the fan base, you know, have a real honest evaluation, and I think what's particularly you know nice about that is is he takes us for face like we're not stupid like he understands we all see what he's seeing and yeah. he's willing to, to to share that sentiment you know when he he mentioned about tiaranos's culture and how he not only did we lose the culture this year we lost the culture from a few years back mm -hmm. and he's willing to say yeah you know tfc is not tfc anymore and yep. i think that instead of saying you know we're gonna get back to that place he's like no we're not there and i think that part is, is really really cool and um, even when he's asked about, you know, certain players, yes, he can, he can beat around the bush and, you know, the Josie Althor, the, the Jefferson Sotel, those, the Osorios, the Lorea, those questions, he can kind of, you know, spin it in a, in a politically correct way, but he's not Too wrong. bad about body language. Too bad about body well, language. I mean, look, he can't <laughs> go into like the, the specifics. I know a lot of people, you know, in my Twitter were blowing me up about, you know, kind of my me not understanding the hate around Bill Manning. And I still don't, I'm not going to yeah. do, I do not understand the hate, but fair enough. People have an opinion. Um, sure. he, the, the president of a football club cannot come out and definitively say, yeah, we're open into, to selling Jonathan Osorio and Richie Larea one, because well, of course. you got to keep, you got to keep your, your asset players, you know, yeah, you yeah. want to keep them, but also you don't want to also diminish their potential transfer value. If of there course is not. value for them. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like if you're negotiating with a team for Jonathan Osorio and you get up and do a press conference and you're like, yeah, there's no space for him on the team. Well, then that bid is going to have, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just it's not good business sense. Uh, my last word on Manning was if you compare his demeanor at that end of season post mortem to that presser he did where Ali was speaking and he just looked like a, a puddle of white hot rage beside him at the camera. I mean, you can see what a, a well-prepared Bill Manning versus one that's just sort of reeling with the punches. So it was, uh, it was reassuring to see that he had, he had sort of centered himself because I was alarmed by the Bill Manning that we saw sitting next to Ali Curtis at that, at that presser, because 
he looked he looked like he was he was re- like there was steam coming out of his nostrils for the most part. So it was it was refreshing to see that that he's reached a level of uh, 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 of understanding with it, and it, it wasn't delivered from from the same kind of place of rage. I think he had a long time to, to yeah. digest yeah. what uh, yeah. what happened. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Ahead, I, I yeah. mean, I mean, if you look at it too in that press conference, they're just coming off what a seven nil. <laughs> you're not yeah. you're not exactly coming in with the best state of mind you know in terms of a press conference where here you have obviously as you said michael that time to mm-hmm. to digest this news and clearly this this move with ali was coming right it was mm-hmm. long time decided and, and agreed to um so there's a lot of time to reflect on on that time um that, yep. th- that they had both spent in this sort of project that they were putting together that clearly did not work for this year um, yep. you know, whether it is all the players, whether it's completely down to Chris Armas, which I don't think it is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think you, you, you have that time to reflect and, and be honest in terms of the, just the, the, the decision that just did not work out. And, and look, this was getting a Bob Bradley in this. And I think you guys mentioned it weeks ago on the podcast. I, we, mm-hmm. I mentioned it on the house of Lakeshore podcast. Like it is. Aiden, if he's available, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, this is exactly. not a this is not something you need to spend, digest, or ingest for like seventy-two hours and try to make a decision. Like if he's available, you go get him. Um, you drive that. The, you drop that bag of money off. I mean, it, it's it's in it's interesting because you know we had the same. We were on the opposite end of this with with Greg Vanny, right? Where we were like, this doesn't make any sense. LA Galaxy must have approached Greg mid-season while we were in Hartford and turned his head. And then the rest of the season, he had a foot out the door. I, I've looked at what LAFC fans are saying, and it's 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 verbatim to what how we felt. Because, you know, there is no way that I that I agree with the with the party line that this manifests within a week. I mean, he he officially uh, uh, parted ways with LAFC like a week before he was announced at TFC. His son plays for TFC. You don't think that some conversations took place in between those times? I mean, of course they did. Of, of course they did. That, that There's no way around that. And it's if they didn't, season. yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But it's, it's interesting. It is oh, very yeah. interesting. According to Toronto FC, it all just transpired uh, very quickly. Um, they you know, apparently did not reach out to Bob Bradley until after the LAFC season was over and then they were granted permission. Um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. leave it I mean, Yeah. From um, a business perspective, they probably, you know, can't reach out to him, obviously, until he's either out of contract or given permission. But, you know, he even mentioned in his presser, right? Like he's been talking to Michael on and off about the team, not just in terms of just Michael's performance, but also the team's performance, not just this season, but for years. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, although things are working out now, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was at least ideas around whether or not this would be something he'd be interested in years ago, right? And this yeah. has slowly been building up to now. Uh, I think when you, when you bring in a Michael Bradley, that always lingering question of does it come with his dad also <laughs> yeah. always linger there, right? <laughs> Is it a BOGO sale? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me, let me turn around and ask you guys this. Mm. Is Bob Bradley the right guy? to write this ship here at Toronto FC. Jeff, I'll let you go first. I mean, all signs point to yes. Uh, uh, the question, write the ship. I mean, is writing the ship another treble? Is writing the ship getting back into the playoffs next year? Is Get writing the ship back uh, to being a contender. Okay. Absolutely. 
I think he's capable of taking this this team to heights that we've not reached before. I think he's capable of taking this team to the CONCACAF Champions League final and winning it. I think he's capable of making some noise in the Club World Cup. I mean, is reviving a club team in MLS more or less difficult than getting a bunch of players on the Egyptian national side to ignore a political upheaval to go in and play in competition football? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a question for the ages, but this man's resume is insane. Um, and the fact that he has a, a intimate relationship with the soul of our club, that is his son. I can't think of a better fit. Mike. Yeah. And uh, just quickly, you know, Mitch had a really good article on waking the red um, where he, outlined you know one of the reservations basically about you know some fans perspective about bob bradley is that lafc had a bad season last year had a mm. down season you know mm. they just narrowly kind of missed out on the playoffs when they had really high expectations but when you dive into the numbers they were actually like the unluckiest team in major league soccer unbelievable unbelievable and i highly i don't want to i don't want to speak for measure get into kind of too much detail on the article go check it out on Wake in the red if you have not seen it as yet but essentially, that's that's the premise of the article. And I think Mitch does a really good job outlining exactly why that is. Um, and there's also a couple of other factors like, you know, injuries to certain players. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a situation there with Carlos Vela as well. And, you know, the decline in Carlos Vela's career as well. Diego Rossi. Mm -hmm. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, a bunch of factors that also went into that season. So I, I take that kind of with a grain of salt. Um, I don't necessarily think that defines who Brad... Bob Bradley is a, as a coach and I definitely don't think that defines who he is as a sporting director so I that's what I'm really interested to see here yeah is yeah. kind of what his imprint will be on the roster what type of Without players question. does he want to bring in how what vision does he have for this club moving forward because he didn't give us too much of a taste uh, of exactly what that would be in the press conference he kind of pushed that to the side but I'm excited to see how this plays out yeah Fair point. yeah and I, and I think you know from a you know, is he the right guy? Yes. I mean, I think he's the right guy. Now, again, as you mentioned, Jeff, what does writing the ship look like? Um, you know, being a contender in MLS is the, to me, the bare minimum this club should I be. Agree. And I agree. And what this club aspires to be. So if that is the case, and this is the right guy. Now, does it happen next season? You hope it does. Um, the, the signs are, that if you can make the right signings, you may have a DP spot open, maybe two. We're going to get into that in a moment, but maybe three. But, yeah. maybe three. but um, you know, you get the opportunity to to remake the roster. You can be competitive um, within the year. And yep. if there's a person that is out there in MLS that can coach a team to that, it is Bob Bradley. Um, it is up. MLS Cub champion with the Chicago Fire in their, what, first or second year? Bob Bradley, right? Like it's it, exactly. it's interesting that he talked about his experiences in Chicago uh, as a parallel to his experiences here because he is inheriting a roster, uh, uh, you know, like Chicago did that that is a lot of older veterans and, and that kind of thing. So so it was is very prescient. I, I'm super duper excited. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I ingested every last bit of content last Wednesday. I mean, I was listening to TSN 1050 on my phone, which is, you know, in 2021, <laughs> I was listening to AM radio on my, on my, oh, I'm a big AM radio like, guy. 
big. I was like, I, I need, I need to rethink my life here. And then, and then I realized of course that all of the shows are actually on video on, on Sportsnet and TSN later in the day. So why did I waste all that time when I could have seen them? But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm damned excited. I'm, I'm super excited. And let's not forget that this isn't one Bradley in, in TFC or two. This is three Bradleys in TFC. We've, we've got the, we've done the trifecta now. Uh, and, uh, you know, it it, feel, it feels like Christmas came early this year. Let's be honest, yeah, guys. This, no. this is what we wanted. Needed it. You know? Needed yeah, it. Yeah. You definitely needed it. And and look, he's not going to have a lot of time to turn this roster around. I mean, this is going to be the earliest start to an MLS season we've ever seen. Um, they'll True. be in training camp in, what, less than 60 days or around 60 days. Um, so this it's it's not a lot of time from Thank this. Thank God there's no CONCACAF Champions League this yes. year for Toronto FC. Yes. Oh, I hate that. I hate I that. Know, I know, I know you don't want to lose a V's Cup to, to your rivals, but if there's going to yeah. be a year that you're not in it, this is probably – like, they didn't deserve to go. Let's be real here. No, no way. Of course not. not deserve to go to Champions League. No. They would not have won far either. So no. this there is one year for this to happen. I'm thankful it's this mm. year. And, and, Mike, you brought up an interesting point is – you were saying, you know, how long essentially will will it take to kind of turn this team around? Will it happen in a year or two years? Well, I'll give you two words as to why I think it has to happen in one year, and that's Michael Bradley. Hmm. Okay. Bradley's Michael Bradley is entering the final year of his contract with with Toronto FC this upcoming season, and this was a guy who left money on the table, as we know, to return to this club, Toronto FC. And he did not return to this club for it to be the club that it is now. He returned to this club for it to be a competitor, for it to be one of the best in the in the league. He he took left money on the table to make the club that much better. So I think now the pressure is on for them to kind of do a little bit of justice by Michael and get this team back to where you know it aspires to be. And I do think there are pieces in place for them to build around to get them back to where it has to be. I think the roster in general is a lot better than second last in MLS. Um, and I think, you know, with, with a bit of a reset there, I think there's, there's no reason why not. Yeah. I'll and, give and, you a reason. And it's, I'll give you two words. Leagues cup is the first year we're doing that. So there's the potential that in the middle of the summer, TFC, wherever they are in the standings breaks for an entirely different competition in the dead heat of summer. And we have no idea what the knockoff effect could be. There could be a humongous leagues cup hangover that no coach has ever had to deal with because this whole idea is completely batshit insane. <laughs> every, <laughs> every other team is competing in that too, right? No, I yeah. know. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just, asking, I'm just I saying don't that. Know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, some teams might not have as, as big a run. Uh, it is tournament football. So, you know, some teams may flame out. It could be like MLS is back where, where some teams just are happy to go for the three game group stage and then go back and play golf for a couple of weeks. But even then you're not going to be match fit. So either you play the tournament and potentially get the hangover or you play out the group stage and then have all this downtime in the middle of what should be a proper season. I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff that manifests as a consequence of this league cup experiment. And that's the only thing that gives me pause that maybe Bob Bradley isn't going to is write the ship in one year because I think that this might be a disaster. This Honestly, if we're focusing on the league yeah. cup, we're focusing on the wrong thing here. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> if, if the I think you're overthinking the, that yeah, slightly. The league's cup is, is the way that we go. Uh, well, you, you asked me a question. Bradley. I mean, I, I think Bob has the, has the pedigree and the experience 
to do it in a year, but he's never had to break for a summer tournament. Right. So all of his, all of his bag of tricks, you know, his, his notebook, his, his best practices, he has to adjust them for this variable. And that's a rather large variable. So that's, yeah. that's my, that's the only thing that gives me pause. Fair point. And, and let's sort of segue a little bit because Michael, you were talking about Michael Bradley and, and about, you know, doing right by him uh, about some of the other players that spoke on media end of season media availability day, because um, that was also that day. Um, <laughs> I felt like last week was just news dump week um, and it all happened uh, uh, yep. really culminated on that day. Um, but what else did we learn um, on that day? Michael, obviously you were on the press uh, conference question. itself. Um, but what else did we learn from, you know, uh, Pozuelo spoke, Richie spoke, Oso spoke, Michael Bradley spoke, you know, what did we learn from them in terms of their thoughts on the season and, and going forward? Yeah. Where, where do I start? Um, yeah, I guess let's where, go in order. Where, let's go in order. Uh, Pozuelo. Pa is obviously yeah. the biggest news, you know, he, he spoke to us a, like a month, two months ago where he mentioned that he uh, was obviously going through some personal issues and he opened up about those personal issues at the end of season presser in this first question where, you know, he stated that he and his wife went through uh, a separation and they're, they're no, it seems like they're no longer together, uh, which is, I can't imagine how tough that is, especially in a pandemic. Um, and he just had, you know, him, and his wife just had the, the birth of their third child. So for them to be, you know, separated in that sort of capacity, um, you couple on the injuries that he went through, and it was just a recipe for a disastrous year for by Paz's standards. And I think yep. that was uh, very evident on the field. He was open about how that affected him. And he was also open, which I really liked, about him going to get help. And obviously, you know, it's a, it's a great time to, to mention that, obviously, if anyone's going through anything, it's always, always okay yeah, to, to go get help. And, you know, it, it really does help. So um, I'm proud for Paz for, for speaking up in that regard. Um, and you know, I, I asked him about his future here at Toronto FC and it'd be easy, easy for him to kind of take the easy way out and say after, you know, a bad season, you know, I came here to win, uh, I'm the, the, you know, 2020 MLS cup MV or MLS MVP, you know, I'm, I'm regarded as one of the best players in the league and this is not good enough for my standard. But instead he said, I want, it's my dream to be here with, with Toronto FC long-term and he wants mm -hmm. to sign an extension with Toronto FC. Obviously, there's you know there's a lot of factors that go into that, and that could be a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, get the fan base kind of on his side. Then he, when he goes and asks for a, a bunch of money, he can be like, point. oh, they're the bad guys because they didn't give it to me. Um, who knows what that that is? But regardless, I, I loved hearing it. You know, he, yeah, he could too. have brushed that question off, but instead he he said, hey, I want to be here long term, and I think. As we mentioned a couple times on this show already, Jeff, like this this mm -hmm. year is going to be so important for Pozuelo to show whether or not he still is capable of being a, the level of player that he, he yep. used to be. Personally, I think he is because I don't think his class goes away. I think nope. as long as he gets the fitness up and he sheds off the injury concerns, which has never been the case with him his entire career. Gets so as long right. as he, yeah. he gets that right and yeah, gets his head right, of course. Um I think he, he is capable of absolutely bouncing backs, and I want to see exactly how uh, this partnership with him and the potential new striker coming in, what that kind of looks like. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways I guess you can go with pause, and I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on, on Pozuelo. I mean, look, if, if, he's, if his 
if his newborn son is in Spain, uh, it might not be the best idea for him to be in Toronto anymore. It's as simple as that, right? Um, Perhaps. And, and, and that might be the eventuality there, right? Because it's not like his now estranged wife is going to move the family to Toronto. Um, and that might, be, that might be a bridge too far. And that's perfectly acceptable and perfectly reasonable. And it sucks for us, but life moves on. Family comes first. That's my thought on that. It might not be a money issue. It might not be a fitness issue. It might simply be a family issue. And we have really no no say or, or do in that. There's yeah. no way of knowing that, yeah. No, and, and I think if it is that case, then you, you can't really hold that against him um, to, to, to let him go home. Um, however, you know, it does sound like he wants to be here. Um, and, and I guess my, my question for you guys, you know, in, in terms of pause is like, okay, if he wants to be here, I wonder if, you know, what do you think the club is kind of thinking in terms of a contract extension? Cause this, as you mentioned, Mike, this did come up when, when uh, Bill Manning was speaking, um, mm-hmm. about pause. And I wonder if the club is now seeing the Josie situation and giving him the extension, um, you know, are especially around injuries are a little bit more gun shy in terms of jumping in and giving that extension to a DP when they're, you know, there might, uh, there haven't been injury concerns with him in the past, but this season, it seemed like this was an ongoing nagging problem that was impacting. So I wonder if they're a little gun shy um, in terms of giving that extension. Absolutely. I think they're thinking, can I get this player on an allocation money contract? (laughs) (laughs) Can I, can I get him on TAM moving forward? Um, No, but that's, that's exactly the concern. That's why I'm saying like this year is going to be a very big year for Pozuelo. Um, If he shows that he can stay on the pitch, if he shows that he can still return to that, that MLS MVP caliber of player, um, it's hard to to deny him a, a contract extension I know a short-term contract extension because he is on the other side of 30 years old there. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you have a little PTSD with the contract that you gave it to Josie, but I'll also say that they're, they're completely different players. Yeah. Um, Pozuelo as a number 10, he's, his athleticism has never been his, his strong suit. He's never the fastest guy. And I think that's typically what kind of goes with, with your, your age is, is that athleticism. And his, like I mentioned, his, his class is, is always going to be there in my opinion. Um, and he just thinks the game differently than everyone else. So as long as he can show that he can stay on the pitch, then I would be comfortable giving him an extension. But that being said, that's the bar. Like he has yep. to, he has to get back to where he was as an MVP. Because I think anytime you have a designated player spot in Major League Soccer, it's an opportunity to kind of advance in that position. Um, you know, we're seeing this league grow on it on a seeming like daily basis. Yep. And the yep. standard of player that seems to come in every year is better than the player before. So that, that bar keeps on getting higher and higher and higher. And again, Pozvela is going to have to reach that same standard that he did or else, you know, questions like that you just posed, Mike, are going to have to be seriously asked. But can he get back to that standard under Bob Bradley? Because technically Bob Bradley doesn't really play or traditionally <laughs> has not played with, uh, a player that floats in that position, right? Generally, it's been a 4-3-3 setup. Now, obviously, sure has change during a match and, and players drift and float and, and things like that. But can he under a manager who may not necessarily see his skill set as part of his team buildup? Well, hey, remember I, Vanny playing pause on the right? Say, like, <laughs> In that 4 3 This is yeah. a guy who, who played on the wing for most of his career. Um, not most of his career, for most of his, you know, a lot of his 2019 TFC career. 
Um, this is a guy who's capable, I think, in, in really any position up top of, of making an impact. But that being said, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Bob Bradley kind of playing him as a number 10. You, you gotta be, there's got to be a combination of both. Not only do you have your system, but you have to also have to make the players in front of you kind of work in that system, what you have. And I wouldn't say pause is just any other roster player. I think, you know, he's obviously a star guy. And I yep. think you have to kind of bend a little bit for your star there. And if that means tweaking your for ideal formation, that's that's what it is. I, I I wouldn't put put it past Bob Bradley to kind of get the best out of Pozuelo again. And I do think he is the one of the only you know three dozen players that I think is is going to be back next season for sure. That's what I'll say about that. Jeff, we'd love to get your thoughts, Jeff. What do you think? I mean, uh, I'll I'll echo everything that Mike said. Uh, uh, I think you know TFC. Uh, I, I expect them to be a lot more gun shy about just throwing money away to guys on the on the other side of thirty, but they're still paying for their supposed indifference to Sebastian Giovinco when he wanted to stay. Right, so it's a bit of a rock hard place situation. I I defer to the player. I mean, it it really does come down to, you know, if his family is as important to him as he says it is. Is he going to get his head right playing on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean from them? Uh, and if not, then he's no good for us, and it's a waste of it's a waste of money. Um, I, it sounds it sounds brutal, but but that's my opinion on the subject, right? Like if 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 we're if he's coming here at a disservice already, then we have to start thinking about someone else, and that that really sucks because. You know, he hit the ground running in MLS and and there is a huge ratio of European uh, mid to upper tier players that come in that don't hit the ground running year one, maybe year two, sometimes never. Uh, we've got a proven commodity in pause. So it, it stands to reason that we'd want to hold on to that a little bit tighter. But but I do agree with you. I think I think the club has to err on the side of, of brutal brutalness to avoid you know, another multi-year contract extension to somebody who's 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 diminishing, who's just falling off a cliff, right? So we, yeah. we can't yeah, do that again. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. with this club because generally since 2014, and obviously you, D- Defoe and Gilberto may be accepted, um, yeah. you know, this club has pretty much hit on mo- almost the majority of its DPs, right? Like uh, obviously yeah. you've had three that have lasted a really long time or lasted a pretty decent amount of time. So as fans, we're not used to seeing our DP struggle and and kind of fail, um, yep. which we will also get to a little bit later. So <laughs> like, um, like but, you yeah. have your Pozuelo shirt on. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on. on yeah, Pozuelo me too. Exactly. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, if he wants to be if he so I echo Jeff's sentiment, right? Like if he wants to be here and if his if he can handle not being around his family. Which is look that that let's talk the the football aside for a second. Yeah, let's talk about the human. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and the human, if, if you need to be with your family, then you need to go. And and it's not a personal thing. It's not a um, you know a malicious kind of thing from fan from a fan base. I think it's very much a you need to do what's best for you and your family. And if you have to Absolutely. go, thank you for the memories. You took us to a cup final, almost won it for us single handedly. Um, or at least dominated the first 60 minutes. Um, you know, I, I think from that perspective, you, you're okay with that. If he yep. wants to be here and if he, and if the, the situation is right, then of course you, that, that's a, that's an MVP, right? That is, yep. you, don't, you don't, those don't grow on trees. 
exactly. um, you know, in this league, right? Like you, you, if you have an MVP player and it's still in a decent age, right? Like it's not like he's, you know, 35, 36 going on the end. Like he, he's yeah. still a decent age and a decent player. And even in flashes this season, when he was fit enough to get in, you could see those flashes. He was just missing that match. Yeah, yeah. You're just missing that match sharpness. So if he yep. can get that back, then of course it, to me, it's a no brainer. You keep him. And then you see come the middle of the summer, you know, does a contract extension make sense? Does he want to be here long term? You know, and then has he final. signed a pre-contract with somebody else? Well, uh, but, I mean, <laughs> of course, you don't want to wait till he, until yeah, he yeah, has an yeah. opportunity to sign a pre-contract in Saudi Arabia or something like that. But at the same time, you know, if he does want to be here, then there's opportunities for him to stay, I think. And, and yeah, I do agree yeah. with you, Michael. I think Bob Bradley can find a way to fit him into his system and, and make it work. Let's uh let's keep that best going. Segue, keep that. Best yeah, segue, segue ever to another the, DP that the, uh, that uh, no no I mean we not. might as well just segue to the to the entire keep kill that we've uh, yeah that we've been promising for a while. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, so we discussed uh, ahead of time how we're going to organize it, and we're going to go in order of lineup. So, Mike, uh, you I don't know if you've got your TFC roster page open. No, I'm talking to Mikey Singh. Oh. Uh, but we can start with uh, we can start with goalkeepers because we actually had a question about that in the chat. Uh, please write to the chat if anyone knows who'll be the main goalkeeper next year, <laughs> or your opinion. Well, we're gonna get there right now. Bones Westberg, uh, let's start with you. Let's start with you, Mister Host. Stay, go. Uh, so Quentin is going. I, I don't mm -hmm. really see a situation where he stays. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if he decides to hang him up. Um, but okay. I, I, I just don't see a situation where he stays. I think you have a situation where you're paying Alex Bono, according to the players union, half a million dollars, uh, to be that's starting goalkeeper money. And that's really mm -hmm. to me why he started most of the season. He's on starter money. Um, and you, you got it and you got to play him. And to be perfectly honest, yes, Alex Bono can make a mistake. Is his distribution the best? No. Um, but I don't think he necessarily always loses you a match, right? I don't think their problems this year were down to Alex Bono um, in goal. So I think you're you're keeping Alex Bono um, because he's okay. still a good age, still making a decent money. And I, I just think Quentin Westberg is probably moving on to either find a new opportunity or he may just be hanging him up. Okay. And Kevin Silva, we're happy with keeping him as third stringer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. actually okay. I I I say we we keep both goalies. Um wow. The reason being is well, Quinton Westbrook he makes just shy of 300,000 according to MLSPA. And I keep saying according to the MLSPA because I've heard in the past that those numbers are a little bit skewed. Um so just keep that take that with with whatever you you may. Yeah. Um and I I think Alex Bono was one of the few bright spots on Toronto FC this season. This guy battled through a lot of adversity, um, especially at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he, he heard all the questions that was being asked about him. a lot of people him. in the comments after you on that one. <laughs> hey, that, that's fine. That's fine. And I've been the first to, to criticize Bono. Um, but I heard a lot of the, you know, he heard a lot of the, the critics and say what they had to say about Bono. And I, listen, is he the best goalie in Major League Soccer? No. Can you win with Alex Bono as your goalkeeper? Absolutely, I think you can. Did There's a treble that proves it, yeah. And I think yeah. there is a bigger problems on this roster that you have to overturn. So if you have two goalkeepers, cap very capable goalkeepers already in place, 
that play two kind of different styles of play. So whichever one Bob Bradley sort of prefers, then I think you you don't mess with those right now. I think those those are more they're more imminent problems to to kind of tackle in the future. Um, so I think both of them stay on the roster next season, in my opinion. What kind of keeper is, is Kevin Silva? Is he a shot stopper? Is he a sweeper? Is he a distribution kind of guy? Do we, do we know if he I think he's a little bit of, a little bit of everything. He used to be a striker, uh, growing up. So well, he definitely has, <laughs> he, he definitely has like the, the playing ability. Um, okay. but he, he looked, uh, he looked all right with a, a few stints there with, with TFC too. Um, I know he's someone the team is, is very high on, but that being said, he, he's a couple years away. I don't think they'd be comfortable putting him in an MLS match just yet. Okay. So my, my picks, I think Q hangs him up. I agree with Mike Newell. I think Q hangs him up. If not, he's vapor. Uh, just, I can't see him back next year. I think Kevin Silva's back. Team's high on him. He used to be a striker, which is just wonderful for a <laughs> goalkeeper, I guess. Uh, Bones. Love the man. Love him. Love him as a person. He gone. It's time. It's time. Clean so house. Going for two, find two somebody different. Just complete. Just find two no, complete, new goalkeepers. Complete overhaul. We're paying too much money for Bones. He's a uh, generation he, Adidas player, so he doesn't really count as he does because he resigned. Oh yeah, yeah, he resigned. He signed. If he was a gen, yeah. if he was a gen ad player, then then keep him forever. Keep yeah. him forever and ever and ever. Just maybe not start him. Um, but as a starting goalkeeper at that at that money, I think we can do better. Um, I hope I'm not pulling Stephen Bay to shore and just pulling all sorts of good energy out of the locker room by 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 thinking about the player and not his impact on on the locker room. And I would revise my 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 list to include Bones based on that exclusively what he brings to the locker room. But I yeah. do think I do think he's not our starting goalkeeper. Uh, 2017 was a long time ago. We opened this whole show talking about how Bob said we're not going back to 2017. I think it's a disservice to that thematic construct to start the 2017 goalkeeper. It's as simple as that. I mean, sometimes sometimes we live in a brutal, brutal world where it's not your fault. It's just what you represent. And I think for Bones, I can't help but see 2018. I can't help but see 2021. I don't see 2017 that often anymore, and that's not his fault. But that stuff matters. So if we can, we do. Uh, and that's that's my opinion on that. It's just, you know, the, now the question arises, like, who are you going to replace them with? Right. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. No, but those are, those are, that's the realist. Is the grass going to be greener on the other side? I mean, none of us knew about Q. None of us knew about Westy. And when he came in, we found out about him in a big way. Right. I I happen Mm -hmm. to think because goalkeepers, you know, if you look at some of the big clubs in Europe, right. Hell, look at Man City. Like they're, they're, they're second. Their second string keeper is the U.S. number one, right? Like there, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of depth in goalkeepers. And then there's a lot of teams that have depth in the academy, but because they've spent so heavy on their three starting club goalkeepers, there's a line that they're never going to cross. So we could swoop into, say, like Sunderland or something and go, hey, who do you got in your academy that's never going to get a whiff of first team minutes? Will Tony Gallagher them, Right. Bring him to TFC, and then maybe we have like a 22 year old keeper. There's there's a limited amount hot, of right? international spots too, though you have to factor in. I, I I'm not so saying many... it's going to be easy. I, I you yeah. know what I mean, but but in the same way that Bones is now not a Gen Adidas, so he's not an instant like penciled in. We don't need to worry about this guy's influence on the roster. Now we do, 
And if we do have to give that much more gray matter to it, I don't think he's, I don't think he survives that, 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 uh, that calculus, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's fair. We, we have yeah. Let's let's see what uh, these defenders, because um, I'm All actually right. really intrigued with these defenders. <laughs> All right. Let's go in alphabetical order. We've got uh, Justin Morrow already gone. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, we got Kamar Lawrence. Uh, does anybody know Wait, what? How do you what... go in alphabetical order? order but you skipped yeah. Morrow. It's weird. I mean, all right, whatever. Just keep going the order you're doing. Well, because because order they yeah. listed him as A. De Cruz Jr. So, uh, uh, okay, so Kamar Lawrence. One, how many years does he have left on his deal? Does anybody know, or are we guessing? No, he signed through 2024. Okay. Keep or kill? Um, well, based on his salary, about $340,000. Um, I love the way that they use Kamar Lawrence towards the end of the season. Okay. I I thought it was he is way better as a center back. Um and who knows, you know, exactly how Bob Bradley wants to play, but with them losing Justin Morrow, I I think you you have to keep this guy. You absolutely have to keep this guy based on his his season so as a whole for Michael there's there's a lot bigger problems on this team than Kamar Lawrence. I, I think he he underwhelmed. Um, I don't think he was as 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 advertised. Um, he was also an Ali Curtis signing, which is you know very important to also mention. But I think I think you keep keep Kamar Lawrence. Yeah, I, I agree. Keep Kamar Lawrence. This is uh, a position that I don't think you have to overthink too much in terms of uh, roster build. There are bigger problems, as Mike said on the on the. Uh, on the team to, to worry about. And if you already have an MLS experience left back that can also slot in as a center back, that vers- versatility for that uh, salary hit is, is worth keeping around also signed deity and Absey, but that, uh, but I mean, are you guys going to be this excited when he starts, uh, gets into fisticuffs with Bob Bradley and in, in, po- in the preseason gets all sorts of neck tattoos because the last, uh, the last outside back that we decided to deputize at center back didn't work out so well for us. Well, <laughs> th- that one isn't uh, dealing in crypto and having yeah, yeah, yeah. all his guts out on social media. Yeah, so. true enough. True enough. All right, I say keep Kamar. That's a that's three. Zavs. Who wants to start? I will keep him. He's on a league minimum. He's a good servant to the team. Uh, I don't understand the Zavs hate. In terms of a third string center back, what what do you expect? Virgil van Dyke? I mean, he he's there. Uh we're not paying a lot for him. I think it's a no-brainer. Now tell me why I'm wrong. He's not on a, a league minimum, according to the MLSPA. Uh, a little slightly above that. Okay. Um, 80k. 80k is is I mean, I'm not 110. 110. Oh, light him on fire. <laughs> I take him back. <laughs> no, so here here's here's why. Um I I I think Zav is a very good locker room guy. A lot of the young players look up to him. That being said, this is a guy who also takes minutes away from someone like a Julian Dunn, who we saw kind of come in, you know, at the end of the year. And I think he impressed a few people. You know, this is a guy who started a cup final for TFC. Um, you know, game before that, he, he played very, very well. And his, his first, I don't want to call it his debut, but it was the first time he played in like four years. Um, so I think is I'd rather give those minutes to, Ooh, a young kid. So that's an X. So, that's yeah, an X. As, yeah, okay. I gotta say an X for for Zavs there. 
Mixmaster yeah. Mike? Yeah, uh, it's funny. I think Mike and I are on the same sort of wavelength on this one. I actually agree Ooh. in this case. Yes, the experience is important, and yes, the locker room experience is important, but if you're going to look at him and Julian Dunn or, or Rocco Romeo and say, hey, I have an experienced center backs who can make the almost the same ex- mistakes as somebody who is younger and developing, you kind of work with the younger and developing player and see what you've got there. Um, so uh, as much as but I've, as, I've watched Rocco Romeo make some serious mistakes in me the back too, for me too, but, I don't, I don't you know, know if I want him. <laughs> I don't know, but is that, is that him yeah. or is that because the Valor midfield is not that great? Um, yeah, but, that's fair, that's fair. but I mean, I, I, you know, and this is not a Valor okay. slam podcast, but like, um, no, no. no, I, no, I think that if you have an opportunity to start promoting these young defenders and you've signed three young center backs, to first team contracts, um, we'll, we'll get talk out of the about way. the other two, yeah. Yeah, get them out of the way. Okay, I'm still I'm still giving him a check mark because uh, I feel bad. Uh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of uh, Rocco Romeo, speaking of Valor's uh, uh, most most propensity for brain farts on their on their defensive side. Um, enough of this guy already, honestly. If Whoa, I, you know, I, Jeff, Jeff, mm. Rocco Romeo came on our podcast. I know. Very nice and guest I, for waking I had, I had a wonderful time talking to him, but I'm not I'm not talking about the man. I'm talking about the player. Um, the only reason I give him a check is because of roster relief. I mean, this is the homegrown versus this is the bird in the hand versus two in the bush thing. Do I think he can cut it in MLS? Absolutely not from what I've seen because he can't cut it in the CPL. So I, I don't, I don't know why we're having this conversation. He can't right? cut it in the CPL. Mm, I don't know if I agree with you there. Man. Slightly harsh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I listen, don't... listen, we, we've spent the whole season talking about how crappy our defense is, and now we're giving free passes to people that have, you know what I mean, that aren't cutting it and aren't passing the eye test. No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually I'm with just, you there, Jeff. I, I don't I'm just think being brutal, is, yeah. Especially when you consider the other two young guys ahead of him in the depth chart. Unless he's a bit of a late bloomer, which I mean, defenders, that happens honestly pretty often where sure, defenders sure. you know, kind of develop a little bit later. Um, I think this guy has an abundance of skill. Uh, I think he's he's good on the ball, um, but he's he's prone to making a lot of those those mistakes. And unless it's something he can grow out of, I'm not sure if he he's on the future or on on this team's long term future. Uh, so maybe a, a move elsewhere is is in the cards for for Rocco. But so that's an X for you, Mike. I think that's an X for me. But I don't want like that's so tough for a young guy. But yes, yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like I don't have enough of a body of work. Um, to really give an uh, informed opinion outside so uh, outside of saying <laughs> probably, but outside of saying that again, we haven't really had an opportunity to see what he can do at the senior level because he, I, he's never played a senior game with this club. Um, now again, there is the uh, there is the you need to earn it to be able to get onto the senior squad, and clearly, yes, and have not seen enough from him on his loan spells to give him that opportunity. Uh, but I mean, look, if it, if you're, if you're asking me, it's between him, Julian Dunn and Luke Singh right now, between the three young center backs of which one you keep the other two, you keep in it. It's Rocco. Yeah. Drop. Yeah. Yeah. Evo, exactly. Uh, Chris Mavinga, I think we're all in agreement that he gets another year. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's easy. Okay. Uh, Oro, I, yes. I love him. Don't go anywhere. He's one of the best contracts on this team. Yep. Uh, Julian Dunn. 
apparently he's already heading to Europe on loan. Yeah, uh, I read that I, too. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but um, I don't know if that loan is up until the start of the season or if he's going for the entire season. I say you keep him. I think there's a lot of potential there, um, and and I think it's it's time to see what he really can do um, at senior level. So uh, for me, it's a check. You keep him. Well, TFC in in the past, they've they've that's what they've often done with their young players, and that is loan them overseas. Usually, it's to Denmark um, with HB Koje. and a lot of the reasons is because you do a lot of growing up when you are abroad. You you play abroad, yeah. and Julian Dan. Not to say he has any growing up to do because i think he is a very mature individual um but he he might need that experience abroad to kind of show him what life as as a as a footballer is like day in day out and maybe that's probably some of the reason why we're hearing those rumors maybe that's something that the club is looking at um i know that's something greg vaney talked about often is that's exactly why they sent instead of sending players within mls on loan or, or the canadian premier league that's why they sent them abroad so Rocco said it in the interview, like how much yeah. you have to grow up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Dunn, Graham, Graham said it. Dunn was in. Uh, That's Noble, never... Noble Akello. Oh my God. You're um, right. That was Noble Akello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah. So he had that loan to Valor. That's about it. And he's also dealing with a bunch of injuries, but yes, absolutely. Keep this guy long-term future. I think he showed enough in his two games to, to really make me buy in. And, and I want to see what this guy looks like in a couple of years. Okay. I gotcha. I say, keep him for the roster relief. But this is now 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22. So now going into the fifth year that we've seen very, very little of him. And we've had defensive issues all five of those years. So what's missing? You know, well, I think I he was injured for can... a lot of those years. I, I mean, if, if I'm walking on the, on, the, on the shady side of the street, he's a warm body. He's a pylon, right? That costs us nothing. So he's not the great hope for the future he's just there and i think that the language has to change around that right like we're getting him so, because yeah i'm not so sure about that i think I, okay. I think that he has i mean one as mentioned already defenders take a while to develop longer than probably other players maybe other than a goalkeeper sure um sure. And, and, and you know and, and i think that again i he's a player that you know when he was at valor what we saw is when he got a run of games yeah, consecutive he games. He, he's yeah. good, right? So now it's just now can he get a run of games in the team to see what he can do? That's mm. that's the that's why I to me you keep up, right? To figure out if sure. you can do that. And then at that point you can really make your decision. I agree. I think that's wonderful. Omar. <laughs> Unless he's taking a massive pay cut, then yeah. Yeah, gone. Even, Would you keep uh, him even if he kept a massive pay cut? No. If he's making like two hundred fifty thousand, absolutely. No. I think you could better spend that two hundred fifty thousand dollars on almost anything else at this point. I mean, no, I just, I just, yeah, I think you. If if, if look, I, yes, he could take a pay cut, and ensure that helps the the balance book. But I don't think I think you can spend that money on a younger MLS absolutely defender absolutely. Um, and in all due respect to Omar and what he's done. In so his would career. you not be happy with Omar coming back as a third or fourth defender for this team? Because that's the no. that's the pay cut. But again, that's we just we just but we just had that conversation about older players taking up the spots of younger players, right? Yeah. If you're if the yeah. idea is to get some of these younger players minutes, then you can't have an Omar Gonzalez really around it. Fair, that was Savaleta. Let's also be real here. Omar's yeah. lost a few steps over the yeah, last. Yeah, Omar. Year, I don't absolutely. see a difference. I honestly right? don't see a difference anymore. Right? Yeah, that's and I, I don't. No. It is a bit. No, but look, I, I think I think that. You 
you know, okay, but he's not going to go down on that money, right? Why would he? He can get that's that money yes. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a caveat there. Like yeah. only yeah, yeah. if he get that that miraculous deal, which I don't think will be the case. No. I'm with no. you guys though. You can't you Luke can't Singh. pay him first for defender money. Um, Luke saying, yeah. Yeah, he bangs in free kicks in TFC too. Have you seen them free kicks? Yeah, no. yeah. I think he has a long way to go, but yeah, yes. he's he's definitely one that has potential. That takes us through defenders. I'm going to have fun making our little what about Richie? topic for this later. Uh, is Rich? I think Richie's listed as a midfielder on this roster. He is Richie. Yeah, he yeah, is. Okay, but is. but we know that. Let's let's yeah. let's talk Richie. Um, okay. Richie. I mean, I would love to see him back. Obviously, I also think the club should should probably look into selling him. Because I think that's a message to players that future players that come through this club, and this could be an avenue to get you to Europe. Because let's get real: like most people don't dream about being an MLS lifer growing up, right? They they have bigger aspirations than being an MLS lifer. And if the club is going to be someone who, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of holds you hostage here to your contract without giving you an avenue to move forward, then I'm not sure how many players are going to. Really aspire to sign with Toronto FC, especially young players coming 100, through. 100 percent. Right. I mean, Richie's so we don't an have interesting that player. Case. Yeah, go ahead. Richie's an interesting case because he's got to have a certain measure of uh, 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 enthralled service to the club that basically resuscitated his dead career. But and he does. that being that that being said, it's interesting that Richie and Oso spoke at that presser. And all I was thinking when they were doing it, especially when they started to really dole out the information, was that joke that J-Mo met, made when he was on our show. Like, I, I got to say goodbye. It felt like they were saying goodbye in a roundabout way. You know what I mean? It's it a really did. Goodbye. There, like, there, was, there was an air of, of, this might be it, guys, so just prepare yourself. And, and the club saying, we're going to put them out there so that we can kind of soften the blow. Well, I think, it wasn't only that. Like, they were open mm-hmm. about being like, Guys, I want to leave. <laughs> like, well, that's my, I mean, I, I want mean, to, I want to leave. Yes. Well, yeah, because because the season that they had, it was like it was like being on the worst seesaw. But, pendulum sorry, let, ever, let me rephrase like, that. Yeah. I want to, I want to advance my football career. Yeah, I, not that yeah. I want to leave, because they would be more than happy to to stay with Toronto. They want to move on to a higher place, and all, that's only going to happen if a if an offer. Yeah, comes those in, question right? and that those answers were in response to questions about their time with the national team, right? So I think yeah. that actually has quite a bit of influence in terms of that thinking. Is is that John Herman's like, look, if you could get a chance to go to Europe and continue to play, then go find a team in Europe and play. Yeah, yeah. The Sam Adekube route. The you know also said maybe it's, maybe like it's alone. Mitch well, also said it himself. He said it's getting harder to break into this team as a starter. So, and I think that's what he was alluding to. Yeah, I think that's what he's maybe he needs a loan to instead of like spending this whole off season without playing, you know, get a short loan move somewhere and continue playing. That way, you're gonna get into that national team. But so so I don't think Jonathan Osorio's position's in jeopardy if he stays at TFC. No, at least not either long term. Yeah, yeah. So I I think think we're all on the. Yeah, sorry. I think we're all on the. No, go ahead. We keep Richie. We keep Richie if we can. But if the yeah. right move for Europe happens, then okay, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, exactly. All right. And I, I, I think I don't even think it's going to be the right move. I think the fact that Canada's uh, position in the FIFA rankings has opened up the avenues to England, especially, means that Richie might be interested in a, in a, in a sort of low ball deal just to just to get over the line and just get over there and start and start playing. So. I do think there's a very good chance that Richie's gone. Um, midfielders. Nick DeLeon. 
Bye. He's already yeah. told. <laughs> Next. Next. Yeah. Uh, just let Thanks me for the nut 2019 Eastern. Yeah, you scored. Bye. You scored some great <laughs> ones, but uh, see ya. Uh, so that's uh, Mike Newell, Mike Singh, Jay, and he's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Mark Delgado. Keep. Yeah, a very valuable Keep. asset. Yeah, very valuable. Keep him. I agree. Uh, Michael Bradley, we already know he's staying. Jonathan Osorio. Can I go with this one? Go. Please. I think you sell him. I, I think wow. you said, I know that's harsh. I know that's hard because he is in many ways, the future captain of this club, if he stays, but I mm-hmm. think if the opportunity to send him off to Europe comes, I think you let him go. Um, and, and again, it, it speaks to what Michael just mentioned, right? That idea of this is a pathway for players who want to go to Europe. And it, it shows those players that yes, we can get you there. Um, and, and I think also if Oso's desire is now to go to Europe, look, he could have gone when he signed re up the deal in what twenty eighteen, yeah. Um, or at least there was rumors of him going to maybe Mexico to Liga MX. There was interest, yeah, yeah. And and he re up the deal now, obviously probably because TFC showed him the bank. Um, but still, um, I think now that he's he's repaid the club in full. Um, yep. And I think at this point, if he has the opportunity to go to Europe and the dollars make sense um, from a from a fee perspective, then you let him go. Yeah, well, I think another important factor is he's entering an option year on his contract. Yep. So TFC are obviously going to pick that option up. Um, and then you have one year of Jonathan Osorio. Do you cash in on Osorio? Or do you risk letting him walk at the end of the season? For free, yeah. yeah. Right? And again, if, if it's about you know a million dollars whatever i don't know what his his fee would be at this age but i don't think it's anything significant i i think you try and kind of play hardball with those though and you keep him keep him because i think he's too valuable of an asset to this team and i don't think the return on investment would be um as big as someone say like a richie larea who's a couple years younger than ozo and probably has a little bit of higher pedigree um moving forward I agree with you. I think I think Oso ends up having the kind of career that Toss had in Europe post coming back to MLS. I think it might be an interesting adventure, but the age, you know, he's not going to the Prem at 29. Uh, so we're, you know, Turkish leagues, Romanian leagues could be a fun little adventure. Um, but it it's not it's not the big money fabulous prizes fantasy land. So it really depends. I, I do think there's a number that TFC can't go to with Ozo. Uh, you know, it's over a million. It's 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 probably closer to two. I do think that that number starts to get a little bit screwy with in terms of what it does to our roster. But I agree with you, Mike. I I keep Oso. He's just too important. Yeah. Liam Frazier. Hmm. I'd love to see him back under Bob Bradley. I think Michael Bradley's you know that much closer to taking up less minutes on the pitch. And I think Liam would be a, a great candidate to kind of step into one of those roles. Obviously you have Ralph Preso there as well. And, and now Noble Akello. Um, But I think Liam is probably a little bit better than the Noble right now in his career. I think, I think Ralph has probably surpassed Liam Frazier on the depth chart in my opinion, but they're kind of different roles too. So I would, I would love to see just to see what um, exactly he could kind of bring under Bob Bradley. 
Well, if, if I'm getting rid of Jonathan Osorio, then I'm keeping Liam Frazier because you can't get the volume. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I think you keep him. I, I think, you know, it's time to see what he can, again, do in a, in a more prominent role in, in, in the club and in, in, in the team. And I would love to see him paired with either uh, a Ralph Prizo or a Noble Akello going forward if, again, Michael Bradley is taking those steps back in minutes or is going to play in at centre-back more often because I, I feel like that is where the Michael Bradley experience might be heading. I agree. I, I don't know if that's him. where it's heading, but yeah, no. gosh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he wants to come back. I think it's going to require a oh, yeah. massive. I mean, like we're talking like a singing telegram to his house. We're talking serious perks. Like and he does need a new Harvey's. contract Jeff, to yeah. that point. I mean, at the end of the day, Columbus laid an egg. So it, it is, it is, a, you know, either you stay with a rebuild or you come into a rebuild, which one do you want? So, so the verdict's out there, but I, I think I would have him. I don't know if he wants to come back to Toronto. Subasa Endo. No. Out the back door? Yeah, straight no, out I the back? Actually, I, would, I would actually love to keep Subasa. I think he okay. he adds a little bit of a different dimension on the wing that this team doesn't have. Um, he's able to kind of play through the lines or in between lines. And I think when we saw him put in that position this year, like I thought he succeeded. Um, I thought he linked up very well with the players that we had already and the system that we have in place. And I think he's a player who can kind of play a couple of different systems. I think he is versatile and I don't think he's very expensive either. So just for his versatility alone. And I think he, he does add a little bit of quality. Um, I, I, I would like to see Subasa back personally. Again, I, I kind of go back to the, is there somebody out of the Academy that can do this job? Um and and maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But um, again, that's where I feel like you have a Jaden Nelson, you have a Jaquiel Marshall ready. You know, those guys I would rather see at this point and, and see them try to do the same things that Subasa can because I think they can. Um, so for me, it's a no for Subasa. Uh, he's got his citizenship status now, right? He's no longer occupying an international spot. He should be. Yeah, because we, def- we got the sense of that in 2019. That he was yeah. very close, and it's, so he should. I mean, he should be now. I mean, he's a he's a luxury player. I I, I say keep him. I honestly do. There's I, thirty he, spots he, on the roster. Yeah, there's got to be a spot for Subasa. I I absolutely hear you. Now that Dillion's gone too, that's another fair point. Yeah, I, there's a spot for him on my roster. I don't like him blocking the the the, the development of some of our academy guys, like Mike very uh, eloquently stated. But there has to be a spot for him. I mean, we get hit by injuries or the kids aren't all right. You got to have a, a somebody like Endo to be our Swiss Army knife and just plug in and and, and do the thing, you know. And he's shown uh, he can be play at that level. So if TFC are competing next year, then he's shown yeah. he can make a difference in, yeah. in matches, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The price is right. You keep him. Uh, Noble Okello. keep. I love him. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so excited to see what this player looks like in like five years. He's an absolute like machine in the midfield. I say keep, uh, but I put an asterisk behind it because he frustrates me, and I want to see I want to see more from him. He needs to develop his body a little bit more. Like I feel like he can be pushed off the ball relatively easily in terms of Rel- strength, super but, duper easy for. But, but that will that come. But of... that will come with him developing um, into his body. So that I, I don't have as many yeah, concerns because that. that's his that's his strongest asset in my opinion is is his frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. 
I mean, we talked about buzz. We talked about what? Well, yeah. Let's go next. Keep right. if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Keep if you can. Gotcha. Uh, we talked about Richie. Richie. Yeah. And Preso. Future. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. if if a team comes knocking in Europe, then you know, I say sell because you got to give people that avenue. But yeah, I'd love to I'm see him put long term. I'm just gonna put my X in right away. Jefferson Soteldo. it's it's an interesting one because i think on the field i would love i would love to keep jefferson soteldo i think he's a very very good player uh but that being said was he one of those bad apples that kind of didn't fit with this culture uh was he someone who kind of maybe influenced some people the wrong way in 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 training and you know did he really instill that all for one mentality this team often talks about that that's where I'm at with him. If he didn't, then you know, kind of have to cut ties there. But on the field, I, I think, I think you would keep him. Yeah, I don't think any of this is really about on the field performance to me. Um, I think from a from a being able to be a winger and provide assists and and things like that, he was at or near a DP level. So that to me is not the question. The question is all the other stuff. Um, and and to me, it's not enough the what he's done on the field is not enough to overcome that it really isn't um and i think that you can find someone out now it, you're probably taking a bath on the transfer fee to to get him out um which is which is the hard part because uh, i don't think anybody from brazil is paying what we pay to get him, but or anywhere else to be honest uh but i think that if you can get it open up a dp spot and find somebody who better fits the culture of what you're trying to do, especially under Bob Bradley, as we've spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about. Yeah. Bye. But let me ask you, can Bob Bradley, is Bob Bradley the guy that could kind of get Jefferson Soteldo right? Or is he a lost cause in that matter? Do you want me to start talking? I don't, I don't even you want do. you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think to, to, to me, it, it, let Bob Bradley go get the players that he thinks best fits his, fits his system. If he does believe that it's Jefferson Soteldo, if he does believe he can turn him around or has a conversation with him and is you know can make him a better locker room guy, sure. But generally speaking, that is really hard to turn around in terms of player development right like on the field on the pitch stuff is easier to develop than a mentality right if you have a certain mentality it's kind of the way you are right at a certain point um so i don't know if that's i don't know if bob bradley can fix that Mm -hmm. i guess yeah um i potentially um i think he was also brought into an environment that wasn't it's probably been as the most one of the most unstructured environments he's been around uh, maybe he got a little bit of a longer leash. I'm not sure if he gets that same leash under Bob Bradley. That being said, it's a, it's an if. Um, and I don't think TFC want to start the season with kind of that that headache of whether or not this will work out. The only caveat to that is, you know, they might have another designated player to to kind of go for. So do you really want to be looking for two designated players before the start of, of the season? Are you willing to give this a shot to see if that can can turn around? So... Again, as as I mentioned on the field, I think I'd love to see Seltaldo play with uh, some quality players, but who knows what uh, how far that goes. So, is that an X or a, or a question mark or or check mark, Mike? On the field, it's a check mark, in my opinion. 
Uh, I don't have two columns. I just have one. So you got to I got. I guess it's a question mark because I don't know <laughs> exactly how. Uh, I, I, so I am not sitting on the fence on this. I, I am an X. Uh, no, I know. I've got you. I've yeah. got you an X yeah, and an you X. know where I land. So yeah. uh, let's go into our four words. God, we got to start with my boy, don't we? Patrick Mullins. X. Yeah, X. Because I would say, because based on his personality and his experience, that he could come in at his league minimum. But that being said, we already have Dom Dwyer there. So yeah, that's uh, the next for you me. You can't score. You have great hair and I love you but you can't score zero goals and stay. So that's a solid three X's across the board. Sorry, Patrick. Uh, unfortunate for you. Dom Dwyer. I, I, yeah, I think he, I keep him as well. I know he had zero goals as well, which is <laughs> quite a remarkable feat if you're a striker in Major League Soccer. Um, but he comes in a league minimum. And he brings an enormous amount of experience. He's that Patrick Mullins I was just referring to. And you yep, just need, he's, a, he's, need a, and yeah. I think you just need a guy that can get in there and stir the pot and cause some trouble sometimes. Um, yeah. and, and that's okay to have that on your team. So no, I'm I'm fine with keeping him. He's on a league minimum. Keep him. Yeah, and he does add that uh, as you said that umph. And I think he's also been a very good professional since he's been here with Toronto. For nothing but good things about Dom Dwyer. Zero goals. Uh, he's on a league minimum, so we keep him. But zero goals. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I think you also do have to like he like he's coming off a pretty serious injury, yeah. right? Um, and and a divorce. Season. You know, we talked about right. we talked about Paws's personal issues. I mean, Dom has the has exactly the same thing going. And, and, and I and I think and I think the uh, I think next year, you know. It, I highly doubt we're seeing another goalless season from Dom Dwyer, right? Like, I, I really don't see that um, for next I'm season. I'm writing this down. I'm yeah, saving and I, this for, and for at the end of next write season. It down. And, and I don't think, <laughs> and I also, as a, as a depth piece, I, I think there's a, you could do a lot worse than a depth piece. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Agreed. But, but you look at him on paper versus him this season. Let's hope for a serious turnaround. I mean, that would suggest that, that, his season this year was affected by outside influence because his stats are so different than what we saw on the field. With it's, the it's also season. low risk, you know, it, medium, yeah, it couldn't possibly reward. be lower risk. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. All right, boys, here it comes. Josie Altidore. I'm Peace. now see I'm you it, Jeff. I'm you um, Satello on this. I I'm going to step back and let you guys talk because I think people very much know how I feel about Josie. So, so I'm putting an X in there. No, no, I'm a, I'm oh, 100% a check mark. I'm 100% a check mark if you can. Okay. If you okay. can bring him in a non DP, you keep him. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 I call it. If you can bring Josie Altador at a reasonable contract, a uh, couple hundred thousand, I, I keep Josie. <laughs> that being said, if, if he's a designated player, that's bye. Uh, yeah. Thank you for everything you've done for the club and you know beyond the club. Um, but so I'm putting a huge no question about on. that. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a big asterisk to me. I don't think he's coming back for a hundred thousand dollars. So I'm putting an X in there. I love you. I everything you've done for the team. Uh, I've tried desperately not, not to put an X beside your name, but I think somebody needs to be definitive here so that this doesn't. I mean, that's what Bob Bradley said in, in all the interviews that he did on Wednesday. Like, this is a huge cloud hanging over the club. And it cannot be this way anymore. Something definitive has to happen. So for me, that that bit of definitiveness is the X that I just put that rather reluctantly beside his name. Uh, moving on, uh, Jaden Nelson. 
keep, keep, keep. Yeah. What about uh, what about selling him to Manchester United? I thought uh, they wanted him pretty badly, or was that Jack? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you keep him. Yep. Yeah. Okay. In place of Subasa Endo. Aokanola. <laughs> uh, keep. Definitely. Yeah. Unless, of course, if there's a team that comes knocking. Shaft. Keep. Oh. <laughs> lock up. Lock with... up. Build, build a statue. Yeah, yeah. lock him <laughs> up. I think we can all agree Erickson Gallardo is a big old no. Big keep, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love him. Okay. Man, I really should have brought bigger paper as opposed to these little notepads. This is getting, uh, this is getting zany. <laughs> Uh, this is four words three, and uh, now we've got uh, Achara. Keep. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Again, low, like not a high salary, low risk, still on a rookie deal. It was also very good. And in was my really good. And and offers something that right now depends on who they sign as a DP for going forward. Um, offers you a bit of verticality, which the strikers in this team do not have a ton of. Right? They being able to run in behind and, and cause some cause defensive lines to kind of be honest that way. You don't have a lot of forwards on this team that can do that right now. And he can. So I also don't think he's necessarily just a forward. I think that's kind of what was presented to him because of what happened to TFC's forwards this season. So I think he could also be be a little bit more versatile, be on the wing. Yeah. We saw that in his debut, he was a winger. Um, So I, as guy coming off a more than significant knee injury showed everything that you possibly could to, to be back on the Achara train. I think there's no question. He, uh, Ooh, the Achara he has, train. I he's like a future at this right, club. Yeah. Right winger though. Not, not, uh, you can't, you couldn't slot him in at left wing. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but he probably prefers the right wing. Okay. Uh, J, uh, JMR, do we sell him to man United this year? Um, I've heard some rumblings that he actually is going over to Europe, uh, now, but I'm not sure if that's something long-term. Um, or if it's just, you know, maybe a quick training kind of Alex Bono style, go and train with yep, the club gotcha. overseas. Um, but like, I think he still has a lot more to offer, but that being said, you know, if, if a big clubs comes calling now, then perhaps, you know, the move might be to, to sell him and then load him back to TFC, Tejan Buchanan style. Um, but I, I do think eventually you have to let this guy spread his wings and fly. Yeah. I, I wonder if this is a, a, obviously a hype from his agent in terms of being able to drum up interest in his player, because he hasn't had that many senior min- minutes. Right. And I, I don't know if that's really like how real that is. Um, I mean, it's real. Like, clearly there is interest, but like, smoke, is that yeah. move this coming off season? I'm not so sure. Um, you know, obviously you keep up if, if there is, if, okay. if the right deal isn't around, yes, you keep him. Yes, I actually find him more starting minutes than um, off the bench minutes if you can, um, because okay. this is this is the f- let's think about it for really for TFC outside of Daniil, um being sold to West Ham via Cyprus Club. Um, how many young players or c- academy players have we had that we've sold for profit? You're right. None. Never. None. This club's never really never. Had that. Um, so if you, you have that opportunity to showcase him and, and therefore get him in the shop window and, and somebody wants to come and, yeah. and buy that contract, then 100%. Yeah. I think TSC might actually benefit from holding on to him for like another season or two, 
Just because, as you mentioned there, I think he he does have a little bit more to prove here in Major League Soccer, Mike. Um, But hey, if if a club really sees the potential that I think a lot of people kind of see or say about him, uh, myself included, I think this this guy has so much potential, um, then hey, then maybe now's the right time. But I agree. I think he does have some some unfinished business here in Major League Soccer. Last one. Last one, gentlemen. Jordan Baruzza. I'm going to start. You keep this guy. For sure. Pour it up in USL. I want to see more minutes for him because I want to see some of those Golazos in MLS styles. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you I think keep, you keep him. Around. I think you keep him. Um, you're going to have to figure out where you're getting those forward some minutes. Um, but, yeah. you know, whether it's an it's another loan or, or something like that. But, yes, no, I, you definitely keep him. Well, he takes Patrick Mullins minutes. Yeah, he takes he takes Patrick. They they're you know he grows a beard and you probably they're kind of interchangeable at this point. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that that wraps up our uh, our long promised and uh, and now delivered roster breakdown. I'm very proud of us guys. Um, the only thing on the rundown that we really need to discuss has nothing to do with with TFC, uh, with TFC which is yeah, obviously quickly. the reason the reason why I'm wearing this guy. Uh, we got uh, Forge are playing the second leg of their CONCACAF League game tomorrow night. If you are in the Hamilton area, you can go to, what is it, Shoeless Joe's? Shoeless and there's a, a, way, a way party. And what is the score on aggregate now? It's it's two, tied two. up. It's, yeah, it's, it's two, all two. knotted up at two. Yeah. Of course, uh, they got the away goals. So, you know, never, never, ever, ever underestimate this team because you do it at your own peril. They've been down before and come back swinging. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, gearing up to the, to the CPL final, which is uh, December. Th- I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> no, it's, it's coming December, December the 5th. Yeah. Yeah. December 430. the 5th at 4.30 p.m. Tickets are, you're pretty much getting them for a steal. So uh, get on that go train, fill up Tim Horton's field, get some good practice of, of your sight lines. For January the 30th, which is when the Canadian men's national team will be playing versus the United States uh, at Tim Hortons Field, which I am unfathomably excited about. Uh, of course, no tickets are on sale yet, so don't ask us. Go back to you know your Facebook group of choice and just ask to the ether. Go support the, the V's if you're listening. Yeah, to this go, podcast, go, go support, support the, the V's. V's. Yeah, go support the V's. Um, you know, today, uh, later today. Am I right about that? God, I asked yeah, so long. Yeah, at five thirty, the uh, the Canadian women's national team um, is uh, taking on Mexico in the second of their friendlies. They dropped the the previous on the weekend two one. Um, obviously, Bev Priestman was making a lot of experimental changes with some new players into the roster um, to to sort of see if they can expand. Because I mean, Concacaf qualifying for the World Cup is coming up fairly yep. soon. Um, so definitely she wants to see who's out there, who can maybe make a jump into this roster. Cause, and I think that's a good thing, right? I think that's a a very positive thing for the women's team to not necessarily say like, look, I understand you're a part of a gold medal winning team. That does not mean you're keeping your spot to go to the world cup. You're going to have to continue. (laughs) True enough. True enough. What what, what are your takeaways? I don't put too much weight into the result. Um, Oh, you don't. I do. I kind of do. It was, it was a bit shambolic. It felt it felt like the smash and grab Canadian uh, women's national team uh, 
that frustrates me. It, but I think you, you saw, of, you, I think you saw a different formation a little bit from them. And I think you saw a little bit of a, a difference in, in the way that they would normally play um, a high truth. level match. So I, I think they were very much trying things. And look, they dominated possession too. Um, I think there were just two uh, clinical chances Mexico had to, to put them away. And they did. Uh, so from that perspective, I, I don't put too much into the result outside of maybe watching some individual performances um, from some True. of the new players that came on. Who, impre- who impressed you? Uh, I mean, look, to me, it's always going to, you know, to me, it's always going to be, you know, those forward players. I I think, you know, to me, that's where you want to see that progression. I think you, you saw, I think you saw Hoydeman take some more steps into, into uh, the team. That is the correct answer. Yep. Yeah. And and I think that's, I think that's the impressive um, performance of the day. The others, I mean, again, like you're, it's a friendly, so your, your pacing is a little bit off. You're not trying going a hundred in a friendly uh, so from that perspective, that's who I thought really impressed in, in, in my opinion. Nice. Nice. Uh, that about covers it other than just, uh, giving, a giving, a you know, happy trails to, uh, Phil B, uh, who has uh, parted ways with, uh, Toronto FC and wishing him the best of luck in his future endeavors. Uh, thanks for a great four years and, and a wonderful interview on the, on our show. You're welcome anytime. Yeah, I never quite got over that hump, and I know that's going to haunt him a little bit because he came so close. Um, But yeah, uh, keep that short there with Phil B. Um, One last subject, of course. This morning, news coming out that Justin Morrow was awarded 2021 MLS Humanitarian of the Year. Worst got Um, secret again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, absolute legend. Um, Really. Probably should have been the second year in a row that this guy wanted, and I'll even give him the award last year because all the work that he did for for Black Players for Change, um, he was the one that was listed on the ballot. But of course, they decided to award the the award to to the group, and yeah, um, as you know, <laughs> Don Garber said it like this is the guy that is the epitome of what an MLS player should be in Major League Soccer. So. Uh, Congratulations, Justin. We had a nice well chat. Actually, yeah, I spoke with him uh, a couple days ago. We had a nice long chat for, for Darby Magazine. Um, nice. Jeff, if you want to give them a quick shout out about there, I know they have some hoodies going on sale. Oh, right. <laughs> I totally forgot. Um, they've got the hoodies with the with the heritage moment of uh, Atacombe uh, jumping into the snowbank. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Uh, let me double check that actually. (laughs) Cold reads. I'm amazing at them. No, it's, it's, it's it's the women's national teams. That's what I thought. Oh, is is it? It's not. Um, It's it's women's national team and they're obviously triumphant, a gold medal winning. Yeah. yeah, When they're all mobbing Steph Labbe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And yeah, it's, it's printed on a a black sweater. Um, and I think this will be, uh, It'll go down as a historic shirt, as it should be. And Darby don't look- mess around, man. They, they when they when they make sweatshirts, they don't go for the fruit of the loom. You've got the top quality Gildan stuff. Like it's going to be a comfy sweater that you know proper fit. Like you should get in there and grab. They don't mess around with their content they either. They don't mess so, around. They, they do, do not, not mess around. Uh, yeah, you know it's going to be quality stuff, and I highly recommend you guys go check that out. You're supporting some uh, great local. Um, I don't even know what to call them, like artists, like 
Multi content creators, multi content yeah. collective, yeah, yeah, yeah. A great local yeah. brand. Let's say that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> to use to use the millennial speak, yeah, just call yeah. it a brand. That's like a pretty umbrella term at this well, point. We're all brands ourselves. That's, yeah, you know what, you know what, guys. Um, thank you for having me on. This has been Mike, uh, man. Thanks for experience. thanks for being our guest host anytime, buddy. We absolutely love having you drop by. Um, I can't believe that we finished our roster thing. That's been like an albatross hanging over our head for like a month and a half. So, <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, for joining us with that. Uh, Mike, you want to take us out while I prepare all the... Which Mike are you talking to? You got to specify. Oh, man. I'm yeah, talking no, to, to Mikey. Mikey. Okay, I got you. Um, yeah, so first off, thank you to, to Mike Newell, of course, for stepping in and doing such a great job in, in Mitchell Tierney's place keeping Jeff and I apart from, from ripping each other's uh, necks off and thorax is out at the F talk. Yeah. 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 Um, thank you everyone to behind the scenes who kind of helps out mostly now it's, it's, it's Jeffrey P. Nesker kind of doing all the good work. Um, most importantly, thank you everyone to the chat who is very lively today, interacting with our show. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I know there's going to be a lot more, a lot more news to talk about. We're expecting Toronto season end of season roster decisions to come out um, fairly shortly, actually, as, as other teams begin to announce theirs. I know they have about a week left to technically announce it, but that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out in, you know, in, in this week, some point. So expect a lot more news from the Toronto FC perspective. As, as Mike Newell mentioned, the Canadian women's national team, they play today at around 530 MLS Cup players are, playoffs are still going on, so a lot, a lot to really still uh, consume, I guess. Let's say yeah. uh, from a North American soccer perspective, as we head into what should be a very exciting new year for this sport in this country. So, on that note, thank you everyone once again for tuning in, and until next time, Namaste. Cheers.